This episode of the Quality Goods Podcast is brought to you by The Genius Brand, health products that are formulated to optimize everything. The Genius Brand has a ton of vitamins and supplements to maximize your performance. Lately, I've been getting down with The Genius Protein. It's grass-fed whey protein isolate meets egg white isolate. So it delivers the perfect lean muscle building blend of fast and slow digesting protein with all natural whey isolate and egg white isolate. Uh, I actually made some protein cookies with this and some uh, protein candies that I found at grocery outlets. So that was pretty dope. They were high in protein, low in sugar, and they were super tasty. Uh, I, I recommend you looking into something like that if you can get your hands on some of this protein powder. I've also been messing with the Genius Greens. It comes packed with all of your favorite superfoods, including kale, spinach, spirulina, blueberries, and it even has antioxidants to keep inflammation balanced. And it includes lion's mane mushroom to provide the brain extra nutrition for enhancing cognitive function and memory naturally. Great way to start your day. Put it in a smoothie. Uh, if you're weird, you can just mix it into water. That kind of tastes weird, but uh, whatever, whatever suits you. Genius Greens, Genius Protein, and uh, all the other great Genius products that I've mentioned before, pre-workout, uh, sleep aid, all that stuff. It's good stuff. So if you shop at thegeniusbrand.com, be sure to check out with code QUALITY at checkout for 15% off of your order and unlock your genius today. What's going on quality listeners? I am excited to tell you about today's guest because if you know me, then you'll know that I am pretty damn obsessed with spicy foods and I put hot sauce on just about everything. And our guest, Scott Zalkind, the founder of Lucky Dog Hot Sauce has helped me feel the fire that burns in my heart and in my stomach. And he has taken part in delighting millions of viewers all over the world in the four slot on season nine of the wildly popular YouTube show, Hot Ones. It's actually where I was first exposed to his delectable sauces. So it was quite a delight to run into him at my local farmer's market. We had a great conversation about everything hot sauce, from epic sauce origin stories, quitting his day job to follow his fiery passion, and saucy introductions with rock stars. This really was quite the spicy epic. So turn up the heat and the volume as we get into it and see what's good. Quality, 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 quality goods. Quality, 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 quality goods. What is going on, good people? You are tuned into the Quality Goods Podcast. I am Chris Beatty. And I'm Anson J. And on this semi-hot day in the Bay Area, we have a hot guest coming in from Hayward, California, just south of Oakland here. We got Mr. Scott Zalkin, the founder of Lucky Dog Hot Sauce. How are you doing, my man? What's up, gentlemen? Large and in charge is how I'm rolling. It's pretty good. It's a beautiful day. Played a little golf for the first time in forever. There you go, had a birdie. 
There you go. Oh, there. My pocket walked off the course feeling like the man. Life is good. <laughs> you, go. you just knocked in the birdie and you just walked off. Right? Right, you know, right, I'm right dead there for the day, like, fellas. I peaked. I finished the round. I yeah. peaked. <laughs> it's only a short nine, so I wouldn't want to skip the next couple. <laughs> had a couple pars, had a snowman. You know, you got to have the snowman. Yeah. But, hey, we just get back yeah, into it, so you're good to go. I left the snowman on the course. I kept the birdie. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But uh, for those of you who aren't knowing about Lucky Dog Hot Sauce, it was featured in the four slot of season nine of Hot Ones. I'm a big Hot Ones fan, so that was my first intro to your sauce. And, uh, you know, I crossed your path at the uh, Lake Merritt Farmer's Market, and I'm a huge hot sauce head, so uh, there was no way I was going to just skip by your booth without leaving with something. So, um, yeah, I, I went home with a bottle of the sauce that was on that show. Mm -hmm. I got to try it for the first time today. And uh, yeah, it's good, man. I mean, you know, I think the big mistake a lot of people make is uh, worrying about how hot it is only, but it tastes, tastes where I want it to be. And yeah, I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to seeing, uh, seeing what else I could put it on top of, you know, I just had a quick little sample on the chip, but I'm already thinking in my head, like what else I could put it on. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, that's my flagship. It had uh, a grand prize at the 30th annual Albuquerque fire food and barbecue festival. That's what helped to get on the show. Uh, beat out every hot sauce, barbecue sauce, pepper powder, spice rub, drink mix, candy, snack, condiment, wing sauce, pepper powder, everything. You name it. It won grand prize at the Scovie Awards. And, uh, you know, they hit me up. I submitted it and uh, I got really lucky and they chose it as one of the replacements for the, the season nine lineup. And then, you know, had a really good response to it being in the, the cleanup spot, number four. That's just such a great spot to be in on that show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like that transition yes. from the, the level baby up. sauces into the the real heat. Yeah, and you know, they the guests comment a lot on the yeah. flavor on those miles, but as soon as they get four, it's the first one that lit up like half the mm -hmm. guests. I had seven out of thirteen guests shouted out. Trevor Noah said a dance on his tongue like Fred Astaire. That didn't hurt my web orders in the slightest. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, as I was thinking I talked to you about the market. You know, if it weren't for hot ones, I might not be sitting here talking to you today as a hot sauce guy. That saw that show saved my my bacon. I lost probably a hundred wholesale accounts. I lost all my festivals. I lost the county fair. So tons of income gone. And I can't do sampling. I you can't put anything in anybody's mm -hmm. face hole. The market everybody's wearing masks. So it's been 14 months since I've been able to do a tasting, and that was the most fun part of my job. I'd get a crowd of people lined up, tasting 10 sauces, 12 sauces at once, getting lit up. Uh, and now I can't do that. So having the sign that says as seen on hot ones, I mean, it stopped you in your tracks. Mm -hmm. It did. Yeah, I was going to break some yeah. necks for sure. Yeah, I couldn't, like you said, I couldn't taste it. Tiny hot sauce company. I'm one guy. You're talking to my entire company right now and mm -hmm. all of my employees. So, you know, to, to be able to get credibility as a sauce maker, uh, sitting in a farmer's market, people are very specific about what they like to buy in terms of hot sauce. And so that changed everything. Not being able to sample that sign is everything. I'm a huge fan of hot ones. I've seen, Probably almost every episode yeah. by now. So, yeah, but that, it, was a, it was a great spot. That, that day, I actually took home some uh, dumplings from True Gourmet out there. I put it in a little soy sauce, uh, mixed it with your hot sauce, and it was, it was the right move. The I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's the year of the dog. That's the Thai chili pineapple with toasted onion, roasted garlic, toasted sesame, honey, ginger, a little Aleppo pepper in there to balance the pepper blend. Uh, and just, yeah, really... Nice Asian, Southeast Asian style vibe. Great on Thai and Vietnamese and Laotian. Flip the script, throw it on mm -hmm. tacos al pastor. It's banging on that too. And without sugar. That's, you know, one thing I try to do with, I have no sugar in any of my sauces to date. A uh, lot of the Asian chili inspired sriracha sauces are loaded with sugar. Hui Fung, sriracha, the second and third ingredients are sugar and salt. So I have half the salt and none of the sugar. And so to be able to get that nice natural sweetness, it creates a lot more layering in the sauce. I think sugar 
tends to emulsify and, you know, it, it sweetens every individual component in a sauce. Whereas when you have sweetness of pineapple, you end up with more of a sweet layer as opposed to just overwhelming. Yeah, a little more sweetness. of a balance rather yes. than the sugar. Yeah, sugar kind of just like combines itself with other ingredients. Exactly. That's the whole thing with sugar, you know, and you know, there's uh, never say never my next sauce coming out that I can boldly announce on this podcast. I'm really excited about it. It actually has a little sugar in it because one of the ingredients, the, the mandarin oranges are in a syrup mm-hmm. and fresh mandarins are too seasonal and it's, it's tricky. And I thought, well, fuck it off sugar in a sauce. You know, it is what it is. I made sauce that was so good. I'm like, well, I could try to do it, but yeah, I don't want to make change the flavor yeah, when you, profile. Yeah, when, when, you, when it yeah. tastes the way you want it to, sometimes, you know, you're still open to what it is. Yes. Exactly. And I'm, the customer who I'm making, it's an exclusive sauce for somebody. And mm. so I can't make it a seasonal because they need to be able to order it yes. year round because it's technically their sauce. Right. And so I'm real excited about it. I can actually, uh, I got the, the order for it today. I can announce on your show for the first Quality time. It's exclusive. An exclusive announcement for your show. It's a red Savina habanero sauce with mandarin orange Drake's 1500 dry hop pale ale and horseradish. And I'm super excited about it. It's a totally unique flavored sauce. The beer isn't overwhelming at all, but it's there. If you put it on certain foods, it opens up a little. It's kind of one of those flavors, like when you chew your bite and then you exhale, you taste the beer. And to me, that's the perfect use of the beer. I don't want to pour beer on my lunch, you yeah, know? Nah. So it's the same kind of thing. It is a hot sauce that is beer based as opposed to, you know, a spicy beer, right? Yes. It's not that it's, it's definitely a hot sauce. It's its own unique thing. I've never tasted anything like it and uh, real psyched to partner up with Drake's on it. They couldn't have been cooler about it. It's been a seven month process, putting it together and getting it dialed in at the commercial kitchen for my prototypes. The label is going to be cool. It's kind of brushed aluminum, like a, like a beer can, cause it's a beer mm-hmm. sauce, but aluminum is a crappy name. So I'm actually calling it Chrome. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Chrome, for sure. a way better name. <laughs> Uh, you know, hey, if it's good enough for Google, and exactly. somebody said, "Aren't you worried Google's going to sue you?" I'm like, "Please, God, let Google sue me. That'd be the best fucking yes, market." Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I would own Google. That would be great. <laughs> they don't make hot sauce. I win. It's yeah. great. It would, I hope they sue me. Uh, actually, they're probably listening to this now because they're Google. Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're here. <laughs> they're not, they're not talking too much shit. They're already, but, uh, they're already issuing their cease and desist sauce. right exactly. now. Exactly. They're in the bay already. They're riding one of their bikes over here. <laughs> yeah, I just got an email. No. Um, <laughs> Drake's couldn't have been nicer about it. I get to use their logos on the bottle. So it's real cool. Uh, it definitely looks like a lucky dog product with the Drake's infusion, as opposed to, you know, you got to be careful with intellectual property yeah. and make sure you don't step yeah. on those. But yeah, super psyched about it. Should be about five weeks out. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, and then another announcement, my new picante is coming out. I had scrapped my picante. I always hated it. I reformulated it to be of the caliber of sauce that is worthy of my label on it. So I, uh, I made it with fresh pasilla. It's a five pepper blend with black pepper, ghost pepper, cayenne pepper, pasilla pepper, and uh, a little New Mexico red, a little orange juice. It's a, a damn fine picante. It's thicker. It's less bitey. I'm really excited about it. That one's about five weeks out. For those who aren't so familiar with the hot sauce world, uh, what kind of sauce falls into the category of picante? Like what are some ones that people... Yeah. Like Tapatio, Valentina, mm-hmm. Cholula. You know, back when I worked in healthcare, I'd hang out with the warehouse guys and they always had that quart bottle yep, of Valentina. Classic. And, uh, you know, I grew yeah. up with Tapatio. So if you grew up in California or anywhere in the, the, the left side of the country, you've had picante sauces like mm-hmm. Tapatio or Cholula. Fun story about Cholula. The history is interesting. Yeah, drop some knowledge. Where it came from. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> do my best. So in a nutshell, back in the day in the 80s, Tapatio was everywhere. Tequila was something that, you know, you ordered as a well drink with the salt and the lime and it 
use the salt and the lime because it tastes like ass. So that's why I used salt and lime on that. Jose. Yeah, it wasn't no Kardashians uh, doing tequila yet. So back in the day when Jose was trying to expand their presence in all the restaurants in the United States and trying to introduce some more premium style tequilas, you know, they saw that, you know, the restaurant business is notorious for being low margin and, you know, it's difficult to have lost leaders on the table like a like hot sauce. If you're a Mexican restaurant, Jane, you got to have hot Absolutely. sauce. Absolutely. But it costs you money. You're not making money. Chances are people are stealing mm-hmm. the bottles and taking it home. Might be guilty they're, of that. They're not. They're just using <laughs> it for free. And there goes, there goes some of your profits. So Jose basically created uh, uh, the uh, Cholula Company as a wholly owned subsidiary of Jose Cuervo. It's genius. They basically said, look, you order a pallet of our tequilas, we'll send you a pallet of hot sauce for free. And almost overnight, uh, Cholula was on every table in every Mexican restaurant in most of the United States. And then it's equally brilliant because now they're doing tastings in the restaurants without having to market it. That's free marketing for the hot sauce. So after a a year or so, they started selling all the chains, Safeway and Lucky's and everywhere else brought it in. It's a very basic sauce with dried cayenne and and a little salt, a little vinegar. Mm -hmm. It's not a complex sauce. And, you know, their version had a little more yeah. garlic than Tapatio is all. And restaurants, like I said, that margin yeah. yeah. tough, man. You, you run a restaurant, you got spoilage, you got shrinkage, you got all kinds of stuff going with the restaurant business. So, you know, they know that where their bread and butter is, they yeah. make their money on alcohol. So if they're getting free hot sauce for buying alcohol, even better. So that's the, yeah, that's the original story of Cholula wow. and, and why it's almost just like yeah, and then yeah. like after I would see that hot sauce in these like legit yeah, places, then when I see it at Safeway, or like you said, I'm gonna know, go with that one. Hands on. Like I think yeah. this is the one because that's what they're using. Yeah, I had that on my taco exactly. yesterday. Fuck y'all, yeah. buy put a little exactly. wood cap on as a differentiating yep. factor in your bottle. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. Like Cuervo seemed right. like the bottom, but Cholula looked a little more churched up because of the the bottle and everything. Yeah, it's so yeah. funny. Well, fancy with mm-hmm. that wood top, and it's got the chick on the swing instead of the the dude with the sombrero and the mustache. Yeah. I mean, it's you know. Very subtle, but a little more colorful. That wood top, super Definitely. pimped out. Yeah, exactly. And I think they've done a little bit to divide the companies now, but if you Google it, I'm so pretty sure there's story, for sure. Yeah. I don't think they ever sold Lula taking Lula anybody. It's still taking moves, Jose. kicking out some of the, yeah. the big oh, cats. Man. I hope to have an idea half as good as that one day. Yeah. Well, I'm looking definitely forward to the to the sausage you have coming out. Perfect for the summertime. Perfect with California opening up a little bit. So very excited to see that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I had sushi two days ago, and it's the first time in 15 months. Sushi is not a to-go food. No, you're right. You're 100% right. I'm getting the raw fish. I don't want to train. I don't want it warm at home. That's mm-hmm. not any sushi. I want as fresh as possible. I want my hamad. I'm paying seven bucks for nigiri hamachi. I want to eat it cold. Yeah, I want it to be exactly like yes. five minutes so nice. ago. It was so good. I sat Two in a restaurant, ago. drank a big tall Sapporo yep. and had me some hamachi and life was good. Yeah. Yep. Large and in charge, man. You're right. I'm uh, glad to see things opening up. Hey, you got to spend your money on something. You know, I make a lot of money, but yeah, but, but exactly. Those are little things that just help. You afford a piece of hamachi. <laughs> But yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, like you said, you got some new sauces coming out and I think there's been a big boom over the last few years with hot ones and all kinds of different festivals to check out. Um, but when you started around a decade ago, was there a specific moment or something you were eating? Yeah. Was there a like sauce that, 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 yeah, that made you say like, I need to dip my dip my toes into this area? So it's it's funny, you know, I was a, a hobbyist for almost eight years before I started my company nine and a half years ago. So we're going back 17 years. Mm-hmm. at least and i've been a spicy food yep. eater my whole life since i was five or six my family was very adventurous eaters we'd go to the city on weekends and hit up you know my mom would do her shopping and my dad would take the kids to ethiopian and to thai mm-hmm. and vietnamese and laotian and everybody got their spicy sauces right yeah you know not much in the burger world so nah mm-hmm. 
but every kind of food we'd go to eat, there'd always be something spicy. And it started with like, you know, Szechuan. My brother and I are pairing <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. each other to eat the cuisine, <laughs> cuisine built on spice. Yeah. Firecracker cayenne chili, the Tianzhen cayennes. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, it wasn't even a dare because fuck, these things are delicious. You yeah, know? Yeah, and it's addictive. The, the pickled jalapenos and the Mexican joints. And I'm getting, ordering five stars at the Thai places when I'm seven years old. Yes, so, papaya salads that are just crazy. I'm a fire eater myself. <laughs> You know, when we got to this point where the market was, it was kind of divided. At the time, 16, 17 years ago, there were super flavorful mild sauces and there were just stupid hot novelty sauces, chocolate extract. And there were a couple moments that were sort of the dividing line. One was, you know, like when I would watch people's houses when they go on vacation, they didn't bring me a shot glass. They brought me a bottle of hot sauce mm. and they knew I love fucking hot sauce. So I was that guy. And they brought me a bottle of the Cheech made by Cheech Marin, right? Mm. And it was his gnarly garlic. And it's fucking delicious sauce. It's it's sharp. It's garlicky. It's got little chunks of floaty garlic in it. Super good. Uh, but it has, if there's habanero in that sauce, they must have waved it over the back. <laughs> yeah. I can't the essence of, yeah, whispered on it. Nothing. It's whispery. Yeah, so dipped it in. On the habanero yeah. into the vat. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But I was like going on a rant to my friends like, fuck, this is the best sauce on pizza. If only it had some fucking balls. Some, and I'm like yeah. going to the kitchen getting pepper powder to sprinkle on the pizza so I can have that flavor and shaking it in the bottle and shit. And then the next, like a week later, we ate at a, a place in San Mateo called Windy City Pizza, barbecue joint pizza. And, and I think I got a brisket platter and that a little hot sauce bar. And I would always just go to the hot sauce bar, grab something that looked good at random and pour it on my food. And that time I grabbed a sauce that turned out to be an extract. I forget which one it was, but I just ruined half a plant, my fucking oh, dinner. Yeah. It was terrible. I couldn't eat it. It was oh. one of those six million global. Yeah, for no reason, but terrible tasting. Yeah. And, you know, no disrespect to extract makers that opened up the whole game for everybody. If it weren't for the Dave's insanity and Blair's death sauce <laughs> and the bomb and all these guys who make novelty stunt food where you get nine guys named Chad having a bro down like, <laughs> props to those guys. Cause they blew up the hot sauce intrigue, right? It got mm. a lot of people interested in hot sauce as an industry where before it was kind of a niche thing. You had, you know, a little section at Safeway and they had like the seven crappy Mexican sauces, the Buffalo and the fucking, you know, and then they had the Tapatio, the little upgrade to the Cholula. And then maybe <laughs> you had somebody's gourmet stuff like that, that the Cheech. But it, again, all the mild sauces were, you know, mild. And uh, yeah. for a guy like me who had a big tolerance, like I'd rather go to a Thai restaurant and blow my face out yes. than eat something mild on something. It's just not doing it for me. So I started, I just said, fuck it and started making hot sauce. I was, I'm a, I'm a project manager by trade and doing stuff and improving on it is kind of one of those things you do as a project manager. Yeah, iterating. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I started kind of stupid. I, I could have looked up recipes. The internet existed <laughs> 17 years ago, but I instead took an approach of, well, let me look up how to make it so it's food safe. So mm-hmm. I Googled like, you know, pasteurizing versus fermenting and learn how to do both. Mm-hmm. And then I liked what I was coming up with with some pasteurized stuff. So that's time and temperature. How hot do you cook it? How long do you hold that temperature? You have to hot fill it, you know, that kind of thing. And then resulting pH, what acid level does it have to be to be shelf stable? And it doesn't really matter when you're a hobbyist. So I was making shit that was had refrigerate always. I'd make something delicious that I had to put in the fridge mm-hmm. and then I didn't care because I wasn't selling it. It was amazing. You, yeah. I'd love to be able to make one of those sauces, but you can't because it'll turn the bottle. So then, you know, you find balances towards more shelf stability as you go thinking about launching it as a business. But after six or seven years, people started giving my bottles to other people and then they'd give it to other people. And then I'd get feedback from chefs and restaurant owners and grocery store owners saying like, you know, you got to sell this mm. shit. And so I started selling that shit. I, I thought, well, how hard could it be? I'm not the first one to start a hot sauce company. And then it turned out it was really hard. <laughs> um, 
you got you've got to have a warehouse that you can store it in. You that's inspected by the FDA. You've got to make it in a licensed cannery. You got to find you know places that will work with you and partner up. And so, you know, once the logistics were figured out, again, I wasn't reinventing the wheel. People have done it before, but you know, you cross the T's and dot the I's and and get your health permitting and a liability insurance in place, and you you kind of say fuck it and go for it. And it's it's gambling. You know, any small business is gambling. Yeah. And most of them fail. So I'm just, I never forget how damn lucky I am because people like my stuff and yeah. through whatever combination of dumb luck, hustle and decent sauce, I'm still at it nine and a half years later. Yeah. But, Getting uh, it done in the saturated yeah, that, market. That was, uh, it was a fun road to hoe. I went out and started grilling up peppers and roasting garlic because those were the flavors I liked. Yeah. And then, you know, there's kind of an, a, a, a gap to fit in the market because nobody was really making smoked sauces or fire roasted sauces or, or you know, things that had roasted garlic and roasted ingredients, toasted onion, and all those verbs are fun. And I like complexity. <laughs> and when I first started, I had a feedback from a number of people uh, in the business. Because, oh, your sauces are way too complex. I only, <laughs> only want to see five ingredients in a hot sauce. I only want to see four ingredients. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. why there's a thousand sauces with four yeah, fucking that's ingredients. that's why they taste the way they taste. Yeah. yeah. We don't need to be purists out here. Yeah. So I want to make some truly unique. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think that just comes, like you said, you were eating these hot, you know, things at seven, eight years old at all these different, you know, um, types of food and they all get the heat in different ways. So you're just mixing all of like these flavors you like and just seeing what works. Absolutely. And hey, you know, look, my Reaper sauce is plenty hot. It's not like I don't make something that borders on a novelty mm -hmm. sauce. It's close. And it's a lot of perception too, because what's hot for me and yes, what's yeah. hot for you and isn't what's hot for you. It's, you know, for, for you, maybe a six is what's a three mm -hmm. to me, right? Because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I spicy shit all the time. I have hot sauce almost every single meal. I eat raw peppers with mm -hmm. my food because that's how I grew up when I go to the, the taco truck and they're handing me the fucking the raw jalapeno or serrano yeah, with my here. taco I'm plate. I'm crunching on them because mm -hmm. they're delicious. And so, you know, and I like that rush. I like to burn a little bit. I like that experience. Yeah, it adds to the meal yeah. experience. You know, you're not just tasting, you're feeling it. You're yeah. feeling it. Exactly. So with something like, I was say, especially when you have that pocket where you just, you can't stop the hot sauce with the next bite. You just have to keep going. And like, it's killing you, but you're like, no, well, this is how you're supposed to eat it. Uh, you know, it's funny you put it that way. That's uh, And it's like the, the flaming hot Cheeto phenomenon. You know, you can't, once you eat one, you just got to go. keep going <laughs> until you finish the bag. That's exactly the, the, the philosophy is to me, if it's not like so good tasting that you're not willing to endure that suffering for it, then stop eating that hot sauce. If all you're doing yeah. is suffering and you're not getting not <laughs> yeah. your food and adding flavor, it's not worth it. The juice ain't worth the squeeze. You've exactly. got to be getting enough out of it to, to be worth what you're going through. Yeah. And yeah. you know, sometimes that's debatable. What what's necessary for me ain't necessary for you. So that the whole, is it unnecessary? Yeah. You know, I don't think so. Sometimes yeah. hellhound kicks my ass. Sometimes it doesn't. It's all yeah. It's also true. Yes. Yeah. It changes day to day, person to person, but it's mm -hmm. a natural sauce. It's got reapers, so they're a punch in the face. But you know, there's a little bitterness to them. Uh, so I balance that with mango, a little tamarind for tartness, mango for sweetness. The sweetness of the mango enhances the fruity flavor of the pepper. So you know, it's a again another complex, savory, sweet, savory, layered, balanced sauce. There's the dogs telling me they want dinner, uh, but it is hot as <laughs> that fuck. The lucky so dog. Uh, Lucky sadly is no longer with us. I lost him a couple years ago in 2018. He, uh, he was, oh, he had a good 14 years. He's immortalized on my uh, labels. It's a great life. Yes. Yeah. I had a stubborn ass pit Husky. Who's a pain in the ass. And then I've got a, a baby dog, a year old border collie, uh, American bulldog who was born across the street. And he's the sweetest, mm -hmm. smartest dog I've ever had. He's super sensitive and gives the business to the Pitsky all the time. So it's, <laughs> it's sort of a circle of karma right there where she's my pain in the ass and he's her pain in the ass. So it all works out. <laughs> 
but we got a good little pack here. They're yeah, good got dogs. a little balance. Lucky was cool as shit. He was a Frisbee dog and dog I could walk off leash. He was just so smart and so just such a fun dog. So, now he's you know, immortalized through sauce. Yeah, and you know, that was never the idea. I was a hobbyist for eight years before I started and I needed a name and there's 50,000 hot sauces. All the good names were taken. So yeah. I was sitting on my porch, called him over one night. I was like, hey, lucky dog. Ooh, that's catchy. And so Let's I put it, it on the label. And you know, it's funny when you start out, a lot of food businesses have the option of going through the National Association of Specialty Food Trade, which is NASFT. And I think they've since changed to Specialty Food Association. But uh, they, when you join as a junior member, and I joined to get their access to all their list of co-packers and, vent and mm-hmm. uh, uh, ingredient vendors and because I locally sourced, so I wanted to find local pepper growers and local. And so for that, it was invaluable. It's, it's cheap to join as, at first. But when you do that, they say, hey, submit your, your, your sauces and we'll do blinded feedback. And they have like, I don't know, 15 people that they have do tastings. This is back in the day. And they give you like by category blinded feedback from these 15 people. And one is label and one's, you know, branding Mm -hmm. and one's flavor and aroma and, you know, all these big categories, overall impression. And it's great feedback for a new company like me. I mean, I've heard from friends and family and friends of friends and family of friends and blah, blah, blah. But these are all industry professionals. And non-biased, exactly. Across the board, everybody liked the flavor and across the board, everybody thought the texture and aroma, all those were five stars, five stars, five stars. Then it got to branding and it was all over the fucking map. (laughs) There was somebody who was like, it's iconic. It's bold. I love the dog in the horseshoe. It looks instantly familiar. And and then somebody else was like, I don't know what the fuck you you got a dog on your label. It looks like a dog food brand. I don't know why you called it lucky dog. This is the stupidest shit I've ever seen. I would suggest a wholesale branding change. And you know, now I've won like 15 marketing awards, so they can all suck. it. You know, feedback's feedback. Everybody got their opinion. I stuck with it. I thought it was a cool name. Yeah. I get people who are fans of Black Labs, fans of dogs, fans of horses. I had a big customer once whose husband's a farrier. So she bought a couple of cases for him and nice. all the guys who put shoes on horses at the ranch and because it's got a big horseshoe mm-hmm. on it. You know, and so, yeah, it's got appeal. People like it. And even the people that come to my booth and say, hey, is this for dogs? Well, I got you over my booth. <laughs> yeah. you, however, start the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Starts the conversation. That's good marketing, right? Just sort of like the bomb on hot ones. The reason the bomb will never go away is a million people every year, every season complain that the bomb is on hot ones. Yeah. And a million people complaining is a million people talking about exactly. it. That's marketing 101. They're never going to get rid of it. If everybody had shut up about the bomb, it wouldn't it's be on gone, next yeah. I mean, It's a lot like the craft beer market and the wine market. You know, your labels matter because oftentimes, like as you know, as you went through the pandemic, people can see your product, but like they they might have to make a purchase decision without ever sampling the product. Absolutely. And so the label is what's going to bring them in. So sure. your, your labels are cool. They, they have like nice accent colors, you know, and like, I'm a, I'm a dog person too, you know, nice. so it, it makes me feel like at home, you know, it's like dogs are our companions. Yep. And so it's like the sauce can be my companion. And you know, I like the foil labels. I like the way that gold yeah. pops. You got a gold horseshoe on your label. It better be shiny. And the yeah. labels cost a little more, but you know, it's not about profits. No, it's about making a good presentation. And at the grocery store, to your point, nobody's sampling at the grocery store. I can't do exactly. tastings anymore. And like, I just landed. Would you two? Sorry about the dog grab ass. <laughs> the um, but like, yeah, I just got into uh, 230 some cost plus world markets. So in about nice. a month, Rats. my brown Rats. label, Rats. my year of the dog, my uh, heats of peach are all going to be on the shelves of every cost plus. So I'm pretty excited about that. And nobody's in cost plus in Tennessee sampling my sauce. So if the label doesn't pop and the, again, the competition, there's 
a whole shelf with 150 different hot sauces on it in that fat hot sauce section. So yeah. mine better stand out, I figure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure those natural guys will appreciate a horseshoe on there too, you know? <laughs> oh, anywhere, yeah, anywhere. Anywhere they got it. Exactly. There's a store, I love that they jump out on, off the shelf. If there's a flat label next to mine, mine's going to win. Yeah. You know, and the, the downside of my sauces is I local source, I'm small. Uh, by locally sourcing and not using spices from India and China and not using peppers from Latin America, my products cost a little bit more. And, you know, it's, it's debatable whether that's a deal killer for a lot of people, you know, and even in a, when the economy is down a little, food's one of those things people tend to, to splurge on a little bit as a luxury. You mm-hmm. know, if I'm broke, I know I'm going to go for something good in a condiment because maybe I'm throwing on a $5 steak instead of a $20 yeah, steak, right? For sure. And that's going to be, you know, how I'm going to upgrade and feel a little more normalcy. But, you know, I had a friend put it this way. If she's shopping for a Honda, you know, it doesn't matter that a Porsche costs 30 grand more. She's going to buy the Honda, but if she's shopping for a car, you know, that's different than shopping for a bottle of hot sauce. If you're shopping for a bottle of hot sauce, an eight, $9 bottle of sauce is no different than a five, $6 bottle of sauce. Mm-hmm. Why would you like? I'm shopping for flavor. I'm shopping. Dollars ain't going to mean shit to anybody. I'm shopping for versatility. How many, yeah. how many meals can I eat this on? You know, like, yeah, what mm-hmm. sauce sounds the best to me? That's what they're going to go for. Exactly. So hopefully, you know, that plays out as I expand a little bit more nationally. This is my first big expansion. There's another small well, not small. There's another small test order for a large chain that mm. just bought 50 cases for of three flavors for 50 stores. Awesome. Uh, but they've got like 4,700 stores between Canada and the United States. Yeah. So I don't know where that one's going to go, but I, that just came in last week. And and so we'll make them some sauce and we'll send it out and we'll see how it sells. And if it sells well, they might buy a lot more. Nice. So well, congrats. Uh, you on know, that, and in all those places, I can't be standing at the. Yeah, exactly. at, yeah. yeah. You can't give them your sales pitch. Out my sauce. Yeah, 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 it doesn't work. So that's, it's tricky because for nine years, I've sort of built a little bit of a cult of personality too. I do travel a lot. I do festivals. I'm very present online. I'm so present. I got banned from Twitter for talking shit to Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I went ahead and rebuilt my Twitter account. So at Lucky Dog Hot Sauce, S-A-U-S, if you're you into go. the Twitter thing. But, uh, but you know, Facebook and Instagram, and I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. And I've done some interviews and I've done some... TV spots and I've at these festivals I get interviewed a lot. I'm a, I'm a colorful guy. I have a, a, either a red or a blue or a purple mohawk wherever I go. So it you know tends to. Sorry about the noise, it's all guys. Good. All right, it adds to the so it, to the ambiance. I tend to stand out, and it's 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 fun to be able to market yourself and to be able to do presentations and tastings. Yes. But that's only so scalable. Yeah. it's only as scalable as where I'm willing to travel. Yeah. Right. So if I go to Albuquerque to do that festival that I've done for the last five six years they're going to know me in Albuquerque and I'm going to sell a lot of sauce in Albuquerque mm. and people from Albuquerque are going to go onto my website and buy sauce when I'm not there. But you got to be careful of that cult of personality. You can't become the product yes, because you can only do so much. Exactly. And as you expand nationally, you've got to have, you, you got to have to pay a shitload of marketing, which might be, you know, in my future, I don't know yet, or you got to hope your bottle pops enough and the specialty stores hype it up enough and put nice hang tags and stuff like that. So that it turns the shelves and people buy it. You know, Berkeley Bowl, it's gone really well. I'm in both Berkeley nice. Bowls. They have Love five flavors market. in each. They have mm-hmm. Green Label, Brown Label, You're the Dog, Heats of Peach, and Hellhound in, every, in both Berkeley Bowls. And they're turning their shelves about every three, nice. four weeks. So that's without me doing demos. I mean, I did demos there a yeah. long time ago. But even that, I mean, you know, no matter how great you are in person, if it don't taste good, they ain't coming back anyway, you know? So, yeah, back. I mean. You can only sell so much. Yeah, and that's the same thing with right now without tasting. It's tough to do this mm. without sampling because people are sort of taking your word on it. So instead of buying... They tried six or seven. They love three or four. They're buying one. You two use one bottle as a trial. You know, they're like, oh, all right, I'm going to pony up for this. Get, give it a shot. I'm like, all right, I'll get one bottle. If I yeah. like it, I'll be back. You know, 
And that hurts you two ways. One, they're buying one, so it's a binary. Mm. So maybe they don't yes. like the one they bought. If they buy two or three, maybe they're like, well, I like this one better than that one, so I'll come back yep. to the other one. But, you know, so it, it, it shrinks your opportunities mm. a little bit. But, uh, oh, and then uh, also announcement as of Saturday, um, I think six or eight of my sauces, I've checked the email, will be in Piedmont nice, Grocery. Nice. So that's a spot in Oakland that uh, is closest to the market. And that's five minutes from the market. So that's one of those things when I take a sick day, I feel like I let down all my mm. Oakland customers because I'm not there. Right. And so again, now I know I can go find your sauces close by. Yeah. Now, I'm out of the market. You can hike on up to Piedmont Market. It's right down the way. It's mm-hmm. a great store. And they're carrying, I think, eight, eight flavors of my sauce as of I'm delivering to them after Saturday's nice. Farmer's Market at tomorrow. Nice, man. Well, uh, I actually want to take a step back. Well, it kind of goes along with the uh, topic that we're discussing, and that's expansion. And I, I kind of want to go back just a little bit to talk about how uh, you were already thinking about shelf stability You know, when you were just developing sauces, when you were just a hobbyist. So you were kind of taking preliminary steps to go from hobbyists to be prepared to enter uh, actual markets and not just sell to your friends and, and gift. Yeah, sort of happy accident. I mean, I would make sauces and if they weren't shelf stable, now they're filling yeah. up my fucking fridge. So you only got so many shelves in the fridge for test batch, experiment batches. You know, I'm making 12, 15, 18 bottles of sauce at a time. Your shelf holds about <laughs> 50 bottles of hot sauce. Good math. I mean... I would make sauce once every two or three weeks as a hobby, just because mm-hmm. I was obsessed. And you know, I, I worked on Red Label for two fucking years. I would make that sauce once a month for two years to wow. perfect that one sauce to make it something not terrible to something yeah. that yeah. holy shit. So what I happens when you make a batch and, so and it's just not it? <laughs> so you're giving it away. You're taking notes on it. You're keeping some, and then you know you're filling up your fridge. So I decided, well, shit, I gotta start lowering the pH, raising the acid in these sauces, where you can have them, where yes, they can at least bit. sit on my counter, unopened for a while before, and then maybe refrigerate after opening. And so a couple of mine are still like that. You're the dog, green label. You got to refrigerate after opening. But now I'm at the point, you know, so many years later, that several of my new sauces you don't need to refrigerate them ever. The label still says it because that's a licensing thing at the kitchen and I'm gotcha. one of their only hot sauces. So I don't think they want to spend five figures just so I can not put refrigerator after opening. So I just tell customers directly. And most yeah. people oh, there's plenty of sauces that I don't, I've never even read that part of it. I've been yeah. using it for six months or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, I was supposed yeah. to refrigerate this. Exactly. <laughs> and most people who can handle those kinds of heat levels are uh, a little, little yeah, stuff exactly. on the bottle is not going to kill you anyway, but you know, you do have to be careful. If you open it, it goes yeah. champagne on you. Don't eat that sauce. That's, that's bad. Yeah. As a heat seeker, that. I mean, these bottles don't last but very yeah. long anyway. Like you said, I'm eating it probably half in a meal yeah. anyway, you know, dumping it on every bite. So, yeah. Oh, I've had to cut myself yeah, off in like, my mouth because <laughs> yeah. don't get high on your own supply. Cutting yeah, your profits a whole bunch. I'll, eat my, I'll get all my profits in Green Label. One, one egg sandwich <laughs> in the morning and a bottle of Green Label has gone. I'm like, fuck. So, yeah, now I got to grab the, the Hellhound or the Pizza Peach or the Black Special Reserve that I, that I make for heatness. <laughs> my dog is just going nuts. I don't know if you can hear the thundering <laughs> pause ASMR, in the background. Sorry. <laughs> so, you know, not everybody aspires to be like the great, you know, like the Michael Jordan or the Michael Jackson. I don't, I, maybe you do have uh, hot sauce aspirations of being the next Tabasco, but do you, first of all, do you, do you think something like that is even possible in this day and age? I know we discussed the Cholula phenomenon, but. But uh, do you think that someone can ever rise to that uh, level of notoriety in the hot sauce market? It's tough. It's a multi-billion dollar business. And Sriracha, Tabasco, 
Tapatio, they've got the mark. That's 95% of that. And the rest of us are sort of fighting for table scraps, right? Now, you know that we're being effective in that because look at Tabasco. They didn't change their fucking recipe for hundred and some years. And all of a sudden yeah. they got a Chipotle and they got a Verde and they got a, a scorpion sauce now. And they, they wouldn't have done any of that if they weren't feeling a little tight around the collar from some of us little guys biting into their profit margins because we're making gourmet stuff that they're not making. And, you know, and that's cool. I'm not competing with Tabasco. They make Louisiana style sauce. I don't have a single sauce you would call Louisiana style. Uh, the most commercial I get is my picante that I'm reformulating. But, you know, to your question directly, it's possible. It's a lot more challenging now because those big three or big four or whatever the big X number you would call. Because I'd say Dave's Insanity or Dave's Gourmet is right up there with those guys now, at least in terms of recognition. I'd say there's a couple other companies Red like Hot, that, that are really well known. Uh, Karma Sauce is one that's coming up fast because yeah. they make three of the Hot One sauces and they've got a great lineup and they're winning a ton of awards. Super nice folks. I, I get some of my scorpion peppers from them. Uh, so couldn't couldn't be more complimentary of what nice guys they are too and deserving of all their success. Their sauces are great. So, you know, they could theoretically become that next big hot sauce brand that's just ubiquitous and recognized instantly by the name like Tabasco. Yeah. But for one, Tabasco has a couple hundred year head start on them. For two, even though they've tried desperately to rewrite their history forever, you know, guaranteed they made some of their original profits on the backs of slaves. Oh, yeah, sure. I think it goes without saying there. In the South, yeah. where, where didn't they get started? Like in the 1700s or something? They had a plantation in Louisiana. Yeah. And now they're trying to tell everybody they never had slaves. Come yeah. on. Give me a fucking break. It's that the salt dome in Louisiana, Avery Island. So, yeah, they, they apparently, somebody named Chuck Evans wrote a book about their true origins. It wasn't their original recipe. The peppers weren't mm. a pepper they developed. They, they, they were marched up with soldiers from across the border. They grew the peppers. Somebody else started making pepper sauce with it. They said, hey, that's pretty good. And then they did their thing for a while. And I, you know, all respect to Tabasco, who they are now. I'm, I'm sure there's no, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. direct correlation where anybody working in their office. But just remember, there. exactly. But yeah. way back when, that was definitely in somewhere in their history. So they clearly whitewashed their history. Yeah. And, you know, Sriracha is huge and they're in Southern Cal and they have the greatest marketing scam in the world where, Oh yeah, we're going to no longer make it anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, that whole complaint to the city about yeah. the smell. Oh yeah. Genius. Yeah. Exactly. We're, we're going to shut down and it's sold out in every store in the country. I'm thinking that is pure fucking marketing right there. Oh yeah. For they sure. called the city on themselves and fucking yeah, overnight they blew up even more. Now, they're, they were genius in marketing from the get because they came out and had the brilliant idea, you know, in Southern Cal and Northern Cal, we have all these great uh, uh, pho restaurants. Oh, yes. Yeah. Pho. Synonymous. And so they went around. They saw they had the chili oil and the plum sauce. You got to get table. that hui fong. Oh, here's our chili sauce. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sriracha is not a real traditional sauce. The hui fong, it's, it's half a bottle of salt and sugar. It's basically... Yeah. Vietnamese ketchup is what they call it, but it's not even Vietnam. It's a Los Angeles. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, but you associate it, especially out here. But they're fucking genius because they hit all those Viet spots. They put bottles out on every table for free. It's got everybody hooked on it. And then it started selling in stores. People already had it. And it, they were also genius by putting French, Vietnamese, and English on every label, which made yeah. it look like a Vietnamese sauce. And Sriracha is a province, you know, in, yeah. in Southeast Asia. So it's not even like people look at Sriracha in Asia and they're like, what the fuck is this? It tastes nothing like a traditional <laughs> chili sauce. But, you know, yeah. it's got its thing. It's sweet. It's spicy. It's a good kind of intro yeah. sauce to a lot of people. So, mm -hmm. and look, I won't lie. I'm not a snob. I'll put sriracha on shit. Oh, yeah, sriracha I grew still, up yeah. with that. So when that was my option for pho and for my broken noodles dishes and broken rice, rather, my vermicelli noodle dishes and my mm -hmm. satay stuff, I'd reach for the sriracha. Now I reach for gear of the dog. I, yeah. It's got no sugar. It's 
It's got half the salts and it's got my vibe. I'd rather yeah. rather go yeah, with that. Pack yeah, a little yeah, more heat. Yeah. It's really tough because things like liability insurance, things like production lines, I mean, real estate's so expensive. Mm-hmm. So back when a lot of these companies started, real estate was dirt cheap and you could get business yeah. loans and you could go out and, you know, regulations were a little looser. Yeah. You know, I've got to store my sauce in a warehouse. I pay rent on my pallets. Just an FDA inspected warehouse. I have $2 million of liability insurance. Uh, nine years ago, when I started my liability insurance, cost me $600 a year. Mm-hmm. That same liability insurance went to 800, went to 1,000, went to 1,200, went to 1,600. And this year I paid $2,200 for my liability insurance. The reason it's skyrocketing like that is because a lot of companies aren't even offering it. And it's mm-hmm. all because of energy drinks. Because wow. energy drinks are in the food category. They still call them food for some fucking reason. <laughs> Oh, yeah, even though the, the ingredients listed yeah, are probably not food ingredient and somebody drinks it and gets sick off of it that raises my liability insurance so fuck energy drinks I, i'm so That's mad so at crazy. energy drinks. yeah i will not pay any respect to those guys because fucking it buy coffee drink tea what the fuck is wrong with <laughs> yeah we had the frame, yeah drink. they're fucking up all the food business and making your food more expensive because all the liability every, it's not just hot sauce it's every food product that has to have liability insurance oh, raises wow. their prices because their liability insurance goes up for a year it is what it is. It's, they can give you heart palpitations, diabetes. All about, all about the energy drinks. Yeah. People get palpitations. You know, any they all got these new crazy ingredients. They're they're all trying to one up each other, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Five hour energy, ten hour energy, yeah, like, twelve hour exactly. energy. We got sixteen hour energy. It's liquid exactly. crack. You put it in your eyeballs. You know, <laughs> all that stuff. We're tired of energy drinks. But yeah, so because of that, it's just it's tough. You have to build a facility. It has to be a licensed cannery in California. Other states are a little looser, but they're still regulated. It's still a highly regulated product. It's a hot packed, acidified, pH controlled product. Mm. It's got to be made with by somebody who's got the licensing to make it. The facility has to have the license. Uh, you have to have your equipment. You know, you're looking at half a million dollars for a production line as a startup production line. That that's like one hundred gallon kettle probably because mm. you got glass accumulation stations. You've got the conveyor belt, you've got liquid fillers, cappers, shrink wrap, heat seal, you know, x-ray to make sure no metal pieces yeah. got into your sauce or whatever. So all that goes into that. Plus you got to have employees to work there and you've got to have storage for all the sauce you're making and all just everything goes into it. It just costs a fortune to start a business. So to get anywhere near the production levels of a Tapatio or a Sriracha or a, or a Tabasco, you know, you're way yeah, behind that the eight start that they control. had is crazy. Yeah. And, and, well, they've already yep. had that head start, hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Of head and that, yeah, you know, that so insurance you're paying more for, you can't mark up your sauce anything crazy like that, you know? Like, yeah, no, it's hot sauce. I'm already spending a ton of my ingredients. Yep. Exactly. I'm making gourmet caliber. I make the Cadillac of hot sauce, and yeah. I'm okay with that. And if some people say, oh, your sauce is too expensive, I my response is usually, well, Tapatio is a buck 49. That's there for you. Yes. Maybe, you're, maybe you're a Tapatio customer. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't judge. I have a bottle of Tapatio. I'm not being mean about that. I'm just saying, if you don't want to, Spend eight bucks or nine yes, bucks on a bottle of sauce. Yes. I'm not your exactly. Buddy. Yeah, I could maybe recommend a couple in that six, five, yeah. four dollar range, but I don't think they're going to be as good as mine. But some of them might be. Maybe they get cheaper peppers, yeah. but that's not my role. I I buy from California farmers. I work farmers markets, so you know it puts me at a little disadvantage. But people who know what yes. I'm about don't mind spending a little more because they know that gets passed down. That's yeah. the true trickle down economics, the the bottom up economics, where a, a company like mine is buying peppers from California growers 
And those California growers are benefiting because my sauce costs a little more. I can buy more peppers from it. And if I blow up bigger, they're going to blow up a little bigger because I'm supporting them and we're all yeah. supporting each other. Ecosystem. So, you know, yeah. if people buy cheaper ingredients, you're going to get a cheaper bottle of sauce on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're those kind of guys too. Yeah, like We so, support local. Yeah, and, and we're yeah, we're definitely not afraid to put a little more on a meal or a sauce to see what it's about. You know, like obviously we want it to be worth it, but I'm definitely one of those ones that be like, I've never seen it. I'm all about it. There's got to be a reason it's there. Let, let me taste it and see what it's about. Nice. I appreciate that as a, as a purveyor of a, a local good. I really appreciate that. that means everything. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I hear people say that sometimes. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm spending whatever on a meal. I'm like, yeah, I could eat Jack in the box tacos every day too, but that's not what I want to do. Right. Like that is a way to sustain, but that's not how I approach yeah. meals. You know? <laughs> yeah. So. And you know, it's, it's funny. I get people though. I'll see a review. I just got one from uh, a guy who owns a big skate company. His name is escaping me at the moment. Really? Brian. Yeah, really cool dude. And he's got a huge following on YouTube, like 150,000 people following on YouTube. And some dude, Jake Cole, who tried my sauce from Hot Ones, loved it so much. He went on my website and ordered a bottle for this dude as a, you've got to try this sauce kind of thing. Mm. That blows my mind. That's like the greatest compliment I could ever get as a hot sauce maker is that somebody loved it so much. They wanted to shout it from the rooftops, but they knew they only got one rooftop. So I send it yeah. to somebody who's on the roof of a hotel who that's amazing. accesses a lot more people, you know, and, and mm. that's just, it, it's mind blowing to me that I have fans and I have a following and it's. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I mean, there's definitely things that like, I'll consume and I'm like, oh, I already know who I need to tell this about, you know, to somebody that it comes to mind, like, oh, whether it's hot yeah. sauce or a clothing item, whatever well, it is. But yeah, amongst my friends, I'm definitely that guy that they, they all know that I'm in the yeah, hot sauce for the, and yeah. i have just like a ridiculous collection right. of hot sauces and yeah. a pretty high tolerance as well you guys are gonna have to try the uh the heats of peach and the hellhound yellow yellow more fire in you and i'm looking right now for the dude uh his name is brian ams and he's super okay. cool he's got a great youtube channel and they don't just do hot sauce they do all That's kinds awesome. of shit on there uh, but yeah. they happen to Shout do some to hot brian. sauce on youtube too and so yeah he did a fat review and i I got probably yeah. 30 or 40 okay. orders from that review. So I went and sent him a couple more That's bottles awesome. and sent the dude to refer to him a couple of nice. bottles. Because, yeah. hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, and I think I just, yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, more people are seeing a lot of that. Because, I mean, I'm definitely about that. Anything that I'm reposting on my, like, social media, and I, I truly believe in it or, like, want people to know about it. Because, like, yeah, people trust me on certain things. And, yeah, if I, you know, shout it out, like, they, and I ain't getting paid for that. I'm really like, nah, man, check this out, you know. Like, yeah. And the hot sauce community is strong. You know, the yeah. the heat seekers out there, they, they've been together. They're, like I said, it's, like, yeah. it's like, like a global community. I don't know if you've seen that uh, show on Netflix. Uh, I think it's called Champions. And I think mm. half my friends are in that, literally. Oh, nice. On the, uh, the, the pepper eating comp. Yeah, the sauce consumer oh, wow. is Greg. I, I, I've known Greg for years, the Reaper eating champ. <laughs> uh, he started a hot sauce company too. So check yeah, out his hot nice. sauce. Yeah, we will for sure. Good. Um, through the festivals. I've been doing festivals since day one. Mm-hmm. Not farmers markets and festivals. I always figured like, I can't compete with Tabasco on shelf space at stores, but I can travel my ass around the country mm-hmm. and evangelize what I make and sell yeah, to door to door stuff. Right? Yeah, man. I mean, and it's just, like you said, you just have fun doing it and, and you get to see someone try it in front yeah. of, well, not right now, but soon enough, they'll be trying it in front of you again yep. and you get to see their reaction in person. Like, I mean, that's gotta yeah. be a great feeling. Exactly. And then, you know, all those hot sauce makers are buddies. You know, the barbecue sauce community, there's some friends. And there's some friends <laughs> they, they keep their secrets locked up tight. Yeah. 
in the hot sauce community, man, they're people are all happy for yeah. each other. We see each other win awards. And the first thing I do is jump on and congratulate mm-hmm. them. And when I won my grand prize in New Mexico for year of the dog in 2018, every vendor of the festival came by my booth to shake my hand and congratulate me and tell me how happy they were for me. And it wasn't just bullshit yeah. and, you know, kissing, kissing babies and pumping fists. It was genuine happiness yeah. for somebody else to achieve something. And I do the same whenever say, oh, I, I won two years in a row for Chipotle in Texas and then high river sauces uh, beat me out. And I, first thing I did was send him a text and say, you fucker, congratulations. Yeah, I'm for it. Yep. <laughs> you know, I was super happy for him. I didn't care. I came yep. in second. I cared that he came in first. I, was yeah, I mean, cause like you said, you're, you're here elbow to elbow with these people at, at the festivals. It just feels good. Like a win for hot sauce is a win for all hot sauce, yeah. you know? And exactly. yeah, especially small batch gourmet mm-hmm. guys. And we're all big family. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's still like such a stigma, even with how big it is. There's people that are just afraid of hot sauce or only want to go to certain ones because they're familiar with it. And yeah, man, when you get to see that, you're like, all right, cool. And then it just makes like, all right, well, if this guy was right next to him, I'm going to try that too. Like you still get your name shouted out there regardless. So, yep. And that's an interesting point. You know, the world of hot sauce consumers is a percentage of the market. It's not like when you're out there selling hey, bread. We're not yes. all heat seekers. Right now, yeah, gluten free. That's probably a terrible fucking example. <laughs> all the CLI people are going to write me letters. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just saying it's not a staple good yes. for everybody. There is a percentage. Like, if you got a pie chart, maybe I think it's up to about 40% of consumers like spicy food. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Now, a lot of that, it's coming up because we're becoming more ethnically diverse and people yes. are getting more experiment, experimental in their diets. And, especially in a melting pot area like the Bay area yes. where you've got, you know, I, I could throw a rock in any direction. I'm here in Hayward and I could hit a faux restaurant. I can go out and get me some sushi or get me some Indian or mm-hmm. some, you name it. I can get yeah. it. And you can I get any brand of spice you want. Yeah. And so the more young people are coming up and trying more and more foods from every culture. Now that sort of distinction between, well, I'm a white guy, so I eat burgers. And, yeah. Well, like, I'm an no, Asian guy, so I eat fun. It's melting down totally. Mm-hmm. And everybody's eating everything. Well, there's still the, you know, we won't talk about the guys that only eat burgers, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but because of that, you know, that, that pie chart wedge is growing, mm-hmm. but even if it's, let's say 45%, we'll be generous and say that because of hot ones and because of all the yes, food, the spike, diversity, yeah, all the spicy challenges on YouTube growing to about 40%. Well, the hotter you get, that's like mild is 45%. Yes. True. 45% of the populace will eat a mild sauce. Yeah. But the hotter you go, the smaller, the narrower that pie chart wedge gets mm-hmm. until you get up to like a hellhound where you're like 1% of the market. Yeah. So like I make hellhound for like that guy named Steve. <laughs> yes, exactly. Out of that 100-person group, Steve likes that mm-hmm. sauce. That's it. And so here you go, Steve. So it's a lot harder to move product when it's that yeah. hot. And so then you need to get that sort of cult following to hit. You need like the bomb where it's just so stupid hot and tastes yeah. like ass and people are buying it just to yeah, see for if the it's novelty that bad. effect. Yes, exactly. yes. And it's a novelty sauce, right? And, and, or even if it's a fiery sauce that doesn't have extract, you're still like 1% yeah. of the market. The novelty sauce is like a tenth of a percent yeah. of the market. So if you're getting into that as a business decision, it's a lot harder because, like, let's say Dave's insanity. Well, Dave reinvented himself and started Dave's Gourmet. And he's got a kick-ass five-star tikka masala sauce, and he's got like a vodka white mm-hmm. sauce, and he's got, I think, and he's got he's got like four or five sauces that had no heat. I did a festival in San Francisco before the pandemic at uh, Justin Herman Plaza, and I was on one side of a booth, and uh, Dave was on one side of the booth, Dave Kirchkop, and San Francisco Spiky, Spicy Pickle Company was on a side, and then the guys from Hot Licks at Pier 39, mm-hmm. it was their booth, they were on a side. And people were terrified to try Dave's new products. And I've almost felt bad for them now. Don't feel bad for a guy. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's rule number one. But I kind of yeah. did because he would say, Hey, you want to try? And they go, Oh, I know, no, about I know you. who yeah. you are. 
they'd see the signs and they were terrified. So he had to completely change his branding because he was so successful as branding himself as the novelty sauce that nobody wanted to try his mild stuff because they were afraid of him. And so, you know, the, and of course the hot sauce shop put all the insanities out, but to get into that business, that novelty business, you've got to sell a million bottles uniquely to a million different customers. Because I'm sure there are very few yeah, customers. Yes. Yeah. One, one time was enough. One yeah. time around was enough. You get people that are that yeah. are regulars of it. They'll use it in their chili, and they have they like the flavor. Yeah, there's going to be those. Them. That's great. <laughs> but there's that's a really small percentage mm-hmm. of the population. The novelty sauces are kind of yeah. fu sauces, and so you buy them to mess with your friends, and you run out of friends. So you put it on a shelf, and it dies, and that's what yeah. happens to those sauces. Uh, the repeatability is difficult to get in a customer for those. Uh, the milder sauces. Like you said, with Green Label, you'll dump half a bottle. You're my dream <laughs> customer. I get 10,000 of you. I can make a living at this because you're going through a bottle a week, like the Blue Diamond yeah. Almonds commercial. Bot- bottle a week. It's all I ask. You know, that's great. I get enough of you and I can make a living selling hot sauce. And it's it's not a great living. It's nickel and diming until I get into a lot more stores. But I'm paying rent. I'm feeding my dogs. Life is good. I, don't, I, I the, the best advice I had when I started was, you know, somebody told me the best thing about starting your own company is, you get to pick which 14 hours a day you work, <laughs> For sure. which is just the perfect way to put it. And so I work hard and, you know, I, I, I can occasionally get a sushi lunch and I pay the bills, but I do it mostly with mild sauces. The hot ones are great for, yes. for a reaction. And at a festival, I sell a lot of hot, hotter sauces because that's what chili heads go mm-hmm. to the festival for. But that's not your normal consumer base. That's a chili head event where you get yeah. 10,000 people a day coming there to get burned up. And that's what they want. Now the wives and kids always buy the milder ones too. And even some of the dudes are like, oh, that green label's fire. I, I got to have that on my eggs tomorrow morning. And so you will sell a lot more mild sauce than the stupid hot ones. And so I took a really different approach in a lot of companies. So a lot of companies come out the gate with hot, hotter, hottest, yeah. and fuck that's hot. And those are the four heat levels, right? And I came out with mild, medium, kind of hot. Mm-hmm. Then I came out with a hotter one. Then I went back and came out with a mild, smoky one. And so for the first couple of years, by being able to sell a lot of sauce to a bigger yeah. wedge of that pie, you go back to the early analogy that really helped yeah. me get a foothold and get known as, Hey, Scott's that guy who makes super yeah. unique mild sauces. And that was fine as a reputation. Then I came out with a couple of scorpion yeah. sauces and blew people's minds like, Oh shit, he knows how to make hot too. So, you know, I do, I just know that you yeah. have a And like I was saying, there's more people that I'm, you know, are in my head. If it's a mild, there's more people I can gift it to yeah. or even yeah. suggest it to than the hot because yeah, I'm like, Oh, there's two people I'm thinking about right now. You know, the more niche more. Yeah. I mean, look, if I'm, I can make the best, hand-knitted sweaters for ferrets <laughs> than anybody ever fucking saw. But if there aren't a lot of people buying sweaters for ferrets, then I'm not going to yeah, make a living at it, right? And it- Incidentally, it's www.sweaterfair.com. I think that domain name might be taken already. I think we're going to. Don't know what sweater fair it is. I don't check your dictionary. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, and then it's cool. Like you said, you still get to explore these hotter sauces because you like them. And as a hobbyist, I'm sure, you know, sketch that creative itch. But yeah, I mean, when you're doing it on your own, you you know, got to make those. It's still a risk either way. You could have been like, no one will ever respect my hot sauces because I'm a mild guy or whatever. You know, like there's all those risks that go into, you know, anything that we do like that. Oh, plus just starting a business. 95% of them fail the first year. Yeah. 95% of those fail mm-hmm. the second year. So I never stop yeah. counting my blessings on how lucky I am that people like what I've made, that I'm able to make a living doing this. It is so unbelievably lucky. I, it's a combination of, of really good luck, I think a good product, and a lot of hustle. And, you know, you can hustle and still fail, mm-hmm. but you can't eat if you don't hustle. Yeah, so absolutely. either way, you got to hustle. And so I'm out hustling as much as I can and I'm hoping people yes, exactly. like what I do. And so far I've had a really good reception and then hot ones sort of just put it over the top in terms of, of bringing me credibility and opening That's up the awesome. doors to a lot of more stores. And 
you know, people knowing that they can sell a higher price tag sauce on their shelf next to Cholula because I was on hot ones that, that changed. It was a game changer for me. completely. Mm-hmm. And so I'm about to, with these two yeah. new customers, now one's a test order one cost plus, I'm pretty sure is going to keep ordering because they've had year of the dog for a little while now. And they just expanded to two more, but the other one is a test order to see how it goes. So for at least a little while, I'll be in 175 more stores across the country. Really exciting. It's an exponential growth for me. And, and then the custom sauce with the beer. And it's also an exciting launch too. I can't go too much into that one yet, but, uh, but that one's potentially big too. We'll be looking forward to that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, That's so cool that you, uh, you know, you give and receive so much support from the heat community now you're having an opportunity to feed the community at large with the, the reach that you're getting from all these stores. But I'd also like to uh, talk a little bit about the military outreach that you do through AnySoldier.com, being able to feed some of our active duty military. Yes. So uh, back when I was a hobbyist, I made too much sauce for my fridge and too much <laughs> sauce for my counter when it got more shelf stable. And, and uh, one of my friends re-upped. He uh, went off to to serve. He was, you know, older guy in his like 40 when he did this, mm. uh, maybe 30, uh, I was probably 35, 37 guy I've known since high school, really great guy. And, uh, went back in, wanted an adventure before he got too old to do it. Ended up in South Korea for a while, ended up in the middle East for a little while. And when he was in South Korea, I was sending him care packages that had hot sauce in it. Cause you know, when I talked to him once on through Facebook, he said one of the things he missed the most about you know, over there is, you know, well, you think South Korea, right on, you're drinking soju and you're yeah. Korean barbecues. Fuck no, they can smell the Korean barbecue, but they're eating mess hall food. They are oh, they're eating fucking terrible food. It wasn't you know, that bad, but it wasn't what they were smelling on the other side. But the it pen. wasn't, yeah. yeah. It wasn't bugogi. It wasn't the, the good shit. So mm-hmm. I started sending them some hot sauce and a funny thing happened. I got letters from guys he was stationed with who were sending me notes saying, Hey, thanks for sending that sauce to Dave. We love that sauce. Incidentally, if you go to that page on my site, uh, the picture of the dude with the hobby bottle has a paper label on it, who's sitting in a, a military plane with a gas mask on. Mm. Uh, that's Dave. That's the guy I'm talking about. And that was a picture no. from those from those hobby days. And so when I got those letters, I thought, well, fuck, these guys have a cake over there. Sure, there's North Koreans pointing weapons at them, but they're not getting shot out very often. So maybe there's people in worse places that might like some hot sauce too. And mm. I've always got too much. And I looked into it and I found uh, AnySoldier.com, which is uh, it's a site where you can get random addresses for people in harm's way. And it's pretty simple. You can send anything. You can send uh-huh. hot sauce. You can send books. You can send, you know, they got a lot of downtime in the desert. Yeah. Warm socks. They never have enough warm socks. Should let, playing cards. Shit they need to pass time, to stay warm. And, you know, yeah. it's flat rate shipping. It's considered a U.S. address. So I'd pack uh-huh. up 8, 10, 12 bottles of sauce in a large flat yeah. rate box, throw in a couple pairs of socks, a book. And uh, ship it off. And a crazy thing started happening. Like I started getting shit back from, I get thank you notes. I got, I don't know if you can see it from here. There's a box frame. Uh, we're not, you're, we're not on zoom. Just we're on zoom. So any of the <laughs> listeners can't see it, but I have a framed American flag in the background that I was sent from Diala, Iraq. When they broke that base down, that was the base camp where they would train Iraqi civilians to be Iraqi police, to police themselves. And they sent me the stickers for the sides of, the car when they wanted to make a civilian car a police car they slap a sticker on the side of it oh. and uh when they broke that camp and broke it down i was bestowed the flag and i have a certificate wow. of bestowal wow. with a top navy i think top navy guy or top army guy top marine guy that wow. both signed what it in that honor. area and it's got the dust from iraq still on it. it's in a shadow mm. frame and it's cool as shit 
and it had a letter with it that said, you know, you several of our people have received your sauce over the years and we couldn't think of anybody we'd rather That's send awesome. this flag to. And it's, it was such an honor. I just couldn't believe it. I just, I do it for fun and yeah. I do it because I know it, it's something they can't just go to the corner store and get a bottle of Tapatio, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like the little yeah. things that you don't realize that we have the luxury of. Yeah. And however you feel about the military or however you feel about the conflicts we're in, look, I fucking hate war. Yeah. I wish we took every penny of the military budget and put it into schools and housing. Yes. And mm-hmm. Agreed. Because, you know, war sucks. Exactly. But the fact is we are in place. Yeah, and those guys that are out there didn't choose it. Yeah. They are not necessarily ideologues. They're out there doing a hard job in a mm-hmm. hard place. And so if I can make their experience a little better by sending some sauce and I've sent some tank tops and, you yeah. know, I guess the women that are stationed over there don't get real comfy clothes ever. So I've got these really comfortable stretchy tank tops and shit. So, you know, send over some apparel and some sauce. If, if I made armor plating for Humvees, I would send that. But I made <laughs> yeah. So I sent over hot sauce and it's been, it's been a good thing. Now about once a month I do it. I send two or three packages and I uh, just get random addresses. It's awesome. Uh, there's, you can go there and say, okay, I want to support the Navy or I want to support the Marines because my uncle is a Marine and you can go to the Marines page and pick, okay. get a random address of a Marine. But I just hit random and just get whatever yes. and whoever gets it, gets it. And I tell people, look, don't, you know, on the webpage, don't buy them hot sauce and send it to them. This is not a sales thing. If, yes. You know, I'm actually really a little hesitant. You can if you want. <laughs> any charity work I do. Sure. Yeah. If they want to buy it and send it over there, that's absolutely. If you want to put an order in and and send it to an APO. I'm happy to do that for you. Uh, I've gotten orders from APOs where they paid shipping and I refunded their shipping and said, Hey, I haven't sent a care package this month. So this one's on me, you know? And, and so make, make it work for everybody, but you know, to send anything, even just a handwritten letter, give somebody mm-hmm. something to read while they're over there and know that people in this country are thinking about them. If they're in some fucked up place where they're getting shot at every day, that can make somebody's day. Definitely. So it feels good to do it. I'm addic- addicted to doing it. It's a great site. It's any and flat rate postage is ships anywhere to any APO or, or FPO uh, for basically U.S. postage. So a medium box is like 15 bucks, a large mm-hmm. box is like 20 bucks. You can fit all kinds sure. of shit in a large box. You know, That's you know, a little handheld games or oh, anything you know, like, stuff like Game Boys that you're not using. You upgraded. You got an old one. Fuck, send it mm-hmm. over there. They can use it. It's really admirable that you do that. And I'm sure it feels good to have people enjoying your, your products, good. you know, all, yeah, just all get over more, the world. Yeah, just get more oh, yeah. people to taste it regardless, you know, and just, then, mm-hmm. just gets it out into the world. Absolutely. Well, Scott, now we can go into a segment that we call support quality. And we just want to ask you about something that has brought quality to your life or your business lately. It could be a person, a place, a thing, a process, but what's something that has brought quality to you? What has brought quality to me? God, that's tough. The, uh, I mean, obviously hot ones was a game changer. You know, that, that having seven of the 13 guests shout out the sauce, having Jay Farrow do a killer <laughs> impersonation and, and, and be the first one to light him up. Having the Jonas brothers spend five minutes ranting and raving about it on the first episode that I was on that season. Uh, that was huge. And then becoming semi friends with some of the other sauce companies that were on the show that year. Cause we're all like a big support group. Now we're all on the yeah. show. Like, oh, this is our scene yeah. on Facebook group. We all reached out, connected on, on WhatsApp, Instagram, chat. Facebook, <laughs> on group chat with each other. You guys use uh, Hotmail or what? Is that- I, think, yeah. <laughs> uh, I did a missed opportunity for Microsoft. But that's a huge one. Uh, did a trade with Shaquanda. Is that the sauce that was number yeah, three? Number on three I saw that. that is the best thing I've ever tasted that I didn't make. Nice. I'll okay. That yeah. Shout out. That was definitely a question I had for you. Shout out, out Shaquanda's. What's, what's your favorite non 
That's Lucky awesome. Dog Sauce. That original Shaquandas with the red label that was on season nine is fucking yeah. unreal. I, I watched the uh, the sauce unveiling before this, and he was yep. he said that the the Shaquanda is the alter ego of the creator. It's mm. the the drag name right. of the creator <laughs> that of that sauce. Name. Support people of color owned businesses. Support uh, gay owned businesses. Mm-hmm. Support drag owned businesses. The owner of Shaquandas is. It checks a lot of those yeah. boxes. Support dope tasting uh, hot sauce. And, yeah. and God damn, does she make some good hot sauce? <laughs> However, whatever pronoun they use, mm. uh, uh, that sauce is unbelievably good. I took it to a taqueria and killed yep. half a bottle. In <laughs> That's one how you know. Could not stop eating it. It's got this creep to it from the horseradish. It's got just a super unique pl- flavor profile. I'm I'm a huge fan. It's awesome. They have an umami that's really good too. Everything they make. I haven't had a sauce they make that's bad, but that's one of those things that to the question is, is getting to discover other things because of that show, getting to meet mm-hmm. other people because of that show, you know, talking to some of the folks uh, who were guests on the show. I've, I've chatted with Jay Farrow a little bit. I've chatted with, you know, a couple of people who I'm big fans of. Um, and one just overall, since I started the hot sauce business, uh, I, it was my birthday. I was still working at Kaiser Permanente as a project manager. I was four months into this. I quit my job three months after that, but I was still working seven days a week, grinding at the market on weekends and at the day job, 60 hours a week. And I took the weekend off, long weekend for my birthday. It was in August. And I got a uh, call from a friend of mine who worked for Bill Graham Presents as a stage manager. And stage managers, you know, their main job is get the stage built, get the buses in, then at the end of the day, get the stage broken down, get the buses the fuck out of there. That's the stage manager's gig. So in between that schlep in the morning and the hustle in the evening, they got a lot of hours to kill. So they often double up mm-hmm. as runners for the band. So if the band needs something because they're on tour, they're in a bus, maybe they need some toothpaste. She'll go get them some fucking toothpaste, right? So that's sort of what a runner does. So she hit me up and said, hey, there's a blues festival, uh, ZZ Top's headlining, we got a problem. Like, What's the problem? So we got fajitas for the spread and they got no fucking hot sauce and they're big hot sauce guys. What are you doing? I'm like, well, mm. I'm off work. It's Friday. I took the day off. It's my birthday. She's like, oh shit, you got to get the fuck out to Concord Pavilion, bring some hot sauce. I need hot sauce. I'm like, all right. So that was easier for the driving out to Safeway. So I get out there and I'm trying to get in and security's not letting me in because I <laughs> yeah. fucking 12 five ounce glass bottles. You can't bring glass bottles into a goddamn concert. So I'm at the gate and they call her up. She comes down in her little yellow Bill Graham Presents vest, nice. slaps a backstage pass on my chest, walks me in there. Now I've got third row center seats and a backstage pass. Life is it's good. Your birthday. I love You're just I'm a fan it. of the bands. <laughs> and I'm a big I'm a guitar player. So Billy Gibbons is the man. And uh, so I brought the sauce in. I didn't actually get to meet him at the show. But a week oh. later, I get a phone call. And I pick up the phone and <laughs> I hear a voice that was so familiar say, is this Mr. Scott Zalka? And I said, yeah, it is. This is Mr. Billy F. Gibbons. And I just oh, wanted to compliment you on your fine hot sauce. And we only had one problem with it. I said, what's that? Said, Everybody took it home and we have none left. And how do we get some more? And they ended up ordering some hot sauce from me. And about once a year, maybe twice a year, Billy will give me a call. We'll chat for five, 10 minutes here and there, catch up. Last time I talked to him was right before the pandemic. About three months before that, he was touring in Japan with his little, he's got some Latin band thing he's working on with as a solo gig. And when he was in Japan, he saw a couple different flavors of some unique Togarashi mm. brand that's Japanese spicy seasoning. And he sent them to me when he got back. And so I've got some stuff from Japan with Billy Gibbons. And he always, in case you forget who he is, he always puts a little <laughs> watercolor picture of himself playing guitar in there. And a 
business card. And he's so humble, his business card, <laughs> title is friend of Eric Clapton, which is hilarious <laughs> to me. So he's not even like pimping himself, right? He's like, like he knows Eric. That's his that's his claim to fame, right? Never mind that he's Billy Gibbons. You know, I've met a lot yeah. of celebrities in my life, and not all of them are nice people. Mm-hmm. Some of them are outright douchebags. I've met a lot of athletes that were like disappointing to say the least. And Billy is as cool as the day is long. And uh, you know, I don't talk about it a lot, but it's that is the since starting this business, that's one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me, is that I'm on a, yeah. on a phone call away basis from what I consider just a rock guitar. Who, who knew that, you know, bottling your first sauce would lead you to being friends with a yeah. rock star. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Isn't that just the craziest yeah, shit? Yeah, like the contact in your phone now, you know, like, uh. Who the fuck knew? Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, I get Christmas, you know, Christmas card and my email from him every year. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, Billy has a killer brand. I The name, oh, it's the name. It's got two guys with beards on it. Uh it's kind of a Louisiana style okay. barrel aged sauce. It's super good. Look for look for Billy Gibbons brand of hot sauce. It's totally excellent. I highly nice. recommend it. All right. We'll check that out. Well, and if that wasn't uh, you know, a tale that told you you were supposed to be making hot sauce, then uh, I, I don't I don't know oh, if yeah. you can get any clearer that uh, uh-huh. what you're meant to do. Well, there was one down moment to that story too, where a few months after that, I'd given notice to mm. my company. So it was, a, it was one of those things where I was trying to figure out if I should quit or not and do this in full time. And, and I struggled, as I think a lot of people Absolutely. probably Security, with starting their own that. company is, what if it doesn't go right? I've been at Kaiser for 12 years. I've got this super stable job and, and you know, I'm a senior project manager and it's, there's always, you know, what if it fails? And that's the question that stops Absolutely. you from starting a company because you're going all in, right? You're pushing all your chips mm-hmm. to the table and what the fuck? What if I fail? Am I going to be homeless? Nobody wants to... To, to, to go bankrupt. And I was in Hawaii at a friend's place on vacation for my birthday and sitting watching the waves, the sun kiss off the waves and eating my gas station, mm-hmm. spam a subi, smoking a, a little J and just taking it, taking it slow and enjoying that vacation. And it came to me clear as a bell that if it fails, fuck it. I, I don't yes. let my resume on fire. I go get a yeah. job as a project manager somewhere. You know, that's, that's the answer is just try it. If you don't try it, if you, if you walk around every day feeling like you're afraid yeah, of it, you're never going to get anything is. done. And you're always mm-hmm. going to be half-assing it. And I would keep working at Kaiser and keep piddling around with whatever, a couple of bottles on the weekends. And there's no way in hell I would ever make a living as a sauce guy. And I and I would also be a worse project exactly. manager because my head's in the hot sauce, right? So I get back. And again, one of those fateful moments, if you believe in kismet or fate or whatever, divine, whatever, I come back in and I'm going to open my laptop to give notice to my day job. And say, hey, thanks for the laughs. It's been a good 12 years, but I'm the fuck out of here. And the first unopened, unread email that I saw was department reduction, buyouts, inquire within. And I opened the email and they're trying to reduce mm. their budget in my department and offering okay. buyouts for <laughs> tenured employees. And what they're really trying to do is look out yeah. guys that are 55, 65, 70 and hey, you got to retire. Get the fuck out of here. You got to retire. But, you know, I was still relatively young at a, at a young 40. And, uh, I'd been working there 12 years. So I ended up with there a month's go. pay and healthcare for every year I worked there. So I got a nice like, safety net to walk out with there a year's pay and a year's healthcare and made starting this up a whole lot easier because yeah. I had a little less far to fall uh, if it didn't money. work out. And then I cashed out my 401k and started up with my own money. And uh, that wasn't anywhere near <laughs> enough because I, I went broke pretty quick and went into a hole pretty quick yeah. uh, and then clawed my way out of it over the next you know nine years. But, uh, but that's one of those things where when I gave notice, to finish that Billy story, I get a call. I'm at I'm one of my last days. It was my last week at Kaiser. 
And I've always been a big believer in not burning mm-hmm. bridges yeah. and in doing clean handoffs. And I built a reputation there. Yeah. And your reputation, your word is your reputation. And your reputation is who you are. And it's just ingrained in me that I don't fuck people it's over. Good philosophy. I try not to in life ever to purposely put anybody else in a more difficult place because I'm lazy about it or whatever. That's it is what it is. And I get this phone call. I'm in the middle of a handoff meeting to the development department. I was working with on one project yeah. and it's fucking Billy. And you take Billy's call. Cause it's Billy. So I take his call in the hallway. They're doing an album. They're in Texas in a recording studio. They're going to be there for three weeks. They asked me <laughs> if I wanted to fly down and hang out with them while they recorded this album in this, in this barn studio they've got. And basically doing live recordings on stage in this barn and the Appreciate answer it. with every fiber of my being is yes mm. but i'm doing the last week of handoffs for all my projects mm. before i leave with a good name at the company at kaiser the company i worked at yeah and of course at the time i had no idea that 10 years later i'd still be doing this i figured two years yeah. later for my old job back right because that's the mindset you're in when you're leaving something like that and to this day that is one of the biggest while it's the coolest thing to know billy now it's one of the biggest regrets of my life is i didn't just say fuck it and go down to Texas yeah for sure and watch him record an album because yeah, what an experience that would have been. But, you know, can't have everything. Well, Scott, it has been an absolute pleasure to discuss everything hot sauce with you For this sure. evening. But if people want to get a bottle of their own or uh, check out what you got going on social media or watch Hot Ones, how can they find their way to that stuff? We got Hot Ones Season 9, and the guests that were probably the best to me are uh, Jonas Brothers kicked it off with Episode 1 in a big way. They, they went nuts over the sauce. Nick Jonas got a close up. It was crazy. It was the first one to light them up. They all <laughs> coughed and reached for the milk. And I thought, oh, shit, this is going to be the best season ever. And it never was that good again, but it was pretty good. Trevor Noah was good. Jay Farrow, Adam Devine, Halle Berry. Yeah, it was a good, uh, it was a good lineup. Yeah, all good. Guests. Nice shout out. Good lineup. Great. Some of my favorite guests. The only one was. Oh, the and it capped it off with Stone Cold. Stone too. Cold. Now, Stone Cold, mm-hmm. you know, it's tough. They got to edit it for a half hour. So yeah. some mm-hmm. guests, you won't hear them ever talk about any of the sauces. Yeah, yeah. Because they're kind of long-winded through. guests. And of course, it's not a 30-minute infomercial for hot sauce. It's all about the guests, yeah. which I'm fine with. That's what makes the show so successful is that it's not about, you know, selling you hot they're sauce. They're not forcing it. Yeah. yeah. Killer interviews. And the sauce creates the tension that makes the interview great so Sean doesn't have to ask gotcha fucked up questions. He can do deep dives and ask questions people want to answer. Mm-hmm. That's why his interviews are so entertaining because the yeah. guests have fun answering those questions. The sauce is fucking them sideways, but Sean's being cool, right? Yeah, so in a lot of that. interview formats, that's the what gets the interesting answer is that, oh, so I heard you got divorced because you were fucking your wife's sister. You know, those are questions celebrities don't want to answer, mm-hmm. but that's what is compelling for the audience and makes for ratings. But uh, so, yeah, season one, nine of hot ones. Um, Kristen Bell also didn't mention my sauce, which was sad because I love Kristen Bell. I'm a huge fan. But it turns out she's vegan and my sauce has honey. So I don't think she ever ate my sauce Mm. because she doesn't eat honey. So sad, sad time for me. Mm -hmm. Good time for her. But uh, she conquered that one. Yeah, Kristen Bell. It was still a good episode. Yeah, Yeah, Kristen Bell went all in. She was cleaning bones and didn't didn't flinch at all on the last ad. Holly came hungry. She cleaned them. She is a hot ones legend. Mm-hmm. Cleaned every wing to the bone, said she came for lunch and didn't take a single sip of anything and was mocking the hottest ones on the show. Like, oh, is that all yep. you got? I was yeah, like, and so just, just having great me. yeah, conversation, like just killing it. And she was there promoting John Wick uh, three, three. Yeah, yeah. and 53 years old. She was a 10. That girl's oh, a dime. Smoking hot, learned to do martial arts, learned to do uh, to train German Malois for that thing. Did all her own stunts. She is a yeah, fucking powerhouse. I love her. Legend. And she's my Bond girl. J- Jinx yeah. the one yeah. is the one lasting memory from all, all the James yeah. Bond movies. 
But yeah, so, you know, Hot One Season 9, they can see people enjoying all kinds of great sauces. I recommend almost everything in the lineup up to like sauce number eight or so. Don't do the extracts, but the Karma, the last dab is a good one. That's from, I don't think that's an extract sauce. I think it's an all natural from Pucker Butt. Uh, and then luckydollhotsauce.com. I ship nice. anywhere in the country. Uh, up to four bottle ships for eight dollars flat rate. Uh, always maximize on the shipping for a better deal. I know that sounds pitchy, but if you buy one bottle and pay eight bucks to ship it, you can buy four bottles and pay eight bucks to ship it. One's a better deal. I just launched on Amazon.com with three flavors. My Year of the Dog, uh, Brown Label, and Hellhound are available on Amazon.com. Look for the Lucky Doll Hot Sauce store on there and hopefully support the maker. Buy from me. It's Amazon Prime, so you get your free shipping on that. And then uh, uh, Grand Lake Farmer's Market on Saturdays, 9 to 2. And Marin uh, San Rafael Civic Center on Sundays from 8 to 1. I'm at those locations. And I'll be out at the Alameda County Fair for 10 days in October. Soon to be in Cost Plus. So my first event in two years. And I'll be in Albuquerque next year, too, around March, February, March. Uh, So, yeah, a couple options. And now in Oakland, California, you got uh, Piedmont Market is going to carry eight flavors starting tomorrow. And Oaktown Spice Shop has one flavor down the street from that market. They've got Heats of Peach. and Berkeley Bowl, both locations have five flavors. So locally, yeah. there's a there's a number of options. If you go to my website at luckydollhotsauce.com, there's a store locator. Put your zip code in, and it'll pop up with what stores are nearby you. I don't think I've added Piedmont yet. Plenty of options for yes. uh, for you guys to get a hold of it. So. No no excuses. How's Market, Castro Valley, Snappy's Cafe. And oh, that, that's an OG market for go. me. I'm, I'm from Love Castro Valley. somebody who's leaving the Oakland Farmer's Market. Chances are they got a bottle of my sauce. Just beat the hell out of them. Take the- <laughs> that's messed up. Though. I'm in my booth. You're at the market. Yeah. Don't awesome. rob anybody. We don't roll like yeah. that anymore. <laughs> we'll definitely be finding our way into oh, sure. some more of your sauces through one of those avenues. Appreciate multiple it. avenues, yeah. most likely. Come by the market. I'll hook you guys up with your podcaster discount. It'll work Heck out. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I like the sound of that. There isn't really officially one, but I'll make sure. <laughs> I asked the boss. He said it was okay. <laughs> He's a good guy. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yes, you can, man. you can follow us and I actually have a hot sauce page on Instagram. So I'll, I'll shout oh, yeah. that out this, you know, it's a, uh, with the side of heat. There you go. Yeah. I, uh, I just post like meals that I, yeah, I'm not, you know, featured in these posts, but uh, I post the hot sauce that I pair with my meal. Uh, you know, I, I go from basic to, you know, all to man. spicy. I, I eat man. all the hot sauces and I, I got love for all of them. Yep. So if oh, you, yeah, I've been following you for a minute, it looks like. Yeah, so you can follow me with a side of heat. I personally am at Mr. Beatty on Instagram. Yeah, and I'm at finessing or finesse everything. Um, yeah, man, I'm on there, and I like I said, I shout out all the stuff. I just barely got to taste that, so you'll probably see that pop up pretty soon on my uh, my social media too. Nice. Yeah, and we're at Quality Goods TV for everything. Yeah, yeah we uh, we got some merch. We got some video content. Lots of hours of podcasts for you to yeah, delve into. So check it out. Yeah, we we there's a, one other hot sauce purveyor featured in our in our catalog. You know, like I said, I'm I'm a yeah, we out there. Yeah. But yes, uh, thank you again. Gentlemen, thank you for having me yeah. on. It has yeah. been a pleasure. Thanks for uh, heating up our night. And uh till yeah, next look time. Look forward for those new yeah. sauces. I'm yeah. ready. So yes, we'll yeah. be the Drake sauce, oh, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, be first in line. Exactly. We'll be there. About five weeks out for the picante, about six weeks awesome. out for the Drake sauce. I'm real excited about the, the 1500s. My first beer sauce. It's my first time using horseradish. It's completely original flavor-wise and so, so good. And it's not a screaming hot sauce. It's only about the same as yours, the dog. It's right around that level. kind of hot, creeping hot level. Nothing oh, crazy about it. I can it. already see myself stocking up on a few bottles of that just based on how it sounds. 
And then, right on. until next time, guys, we out. <laughs>